0: Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Bricker and Lindsay Adams.
1: Hello again. Our special guest today is Hank from, uh who lives on the Gold Coast, but of course originally he hails from South Africa. And I have to tell you all that Hank coached me for about five minutes on how to pronounce his name. Let's just go with Hank.
2: That's really simple. Welcome, Hank. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much, and you did a great effort with the with the Fundamerva, So well done, proud of you. And now, Hank, you're a leadership
1: expert, right? and I know you do a whole bunch of things. You you speak at conferences, you facilitate seminars and workshops. Um, so but today we're here to talk about your top five tips for resilience. So I know you got some good yes. stuff to share. <laughs> so, um, Hank, what's tip number one?
2: So tip number one is a word I'm, that's unfortunately been thrown around like confetti at the moment. And it's it's the word purpose. And I've discovered for myself, you know, you know it intuitively, you know it academically, but you know it viscerally when you experience it. And I've worked in twenty six countries. look at the crowd, look at the people out there, and you know who's going to make it and who's not just by you know having a conversation. You, you really can. And in my conversation with people, what I discovered was the difference that made the difference were people who were you know uh, who were sharp, people who were engaged, people who were asking the right questions, people who were you know trying their best to to make the most out of the programs that we were running. all of them had a common thread, and that common thread was obviously purposed. So, everybody talks about purpose, know your why. Yeah, that's important. But you know, I think it was um, that that quote, that famous quote by Mark Twain. It said the two most important days in your life: are the day you're born, and then the day you find out why on having conversations with people. And literally, I could pick them, I could just pick them by the way they walked, by the way they talked, by the way they conducted themselves, by the notes that they took in the class. Um, I, I could see the difference. And I started testing my theory with, uh, you know, some of the, the HR directors and say, tell me how this one's doing. And tell me how this one's doing. And they were always curious, like, why do you ask? And I said, well, I'm just, I'd just like to know. And they said, well, what category would you put that one in? And I would, you know, offer my suggestion, they say spot on. And so, for me, that's when visually having a purpose and understanding what your direction is in life is critical. Companies do it. Teams do it. You know, organizations do it. But when it comes to individuals, we kind of shy away from it. And we say, oh, it's too hard, you know, because we, we think about people like um, Steve Jobs, you know, he comes along and says, well, I want to put a ding in the universe. And then everybody else thinks, well, how, how am I going to have a, a purpose that matches that? And what I discovered was you do not have to have a purpose that matches that. You don't have to be the best in the world, but you do have to be the best in your world. And when you know what you're fighting for, then everything changes. Everything changes because your goals that flow from a purpose or your attitude or the values that flow from a purpose are very different from when I'm just interested in the subject. So my number one tip is is people understand what your purpose is, find out what you're passionate about. And you know, the other thing is that not everyone can do what they're passionate about, but you can be passionate about what you do.
1: So Hank, would you agree with this that there's a place for everyone in the world?
2: Absolutely. Well not, without not
1: a doubt. everybody needs to be a rocket scientist, do they? No, nope. but if, nope. if clear on I mean, I love what you're saying that as an individual, if you have a purpose and you, and you you find your place,
2: then yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, everybody has a place. And you know. My attitude is: your birth certificate is your participation certificate. That gives you the right to have a go. Everything else is up to you after that. And and what I'm you know what I'm seeing more and more of, and, and the research is clear, and the data are clear that um, there's this massive meaninglessness move at the moment. You know, uh, people just don't know what they want out of life. And, and if that's the case, then pop culture is always going to hand you an alternative. So you know, to me, to be resilient, and there's another word that we throw around like confetti, um, to be resilient. If you know what you want and you know what you're fighting for, then you're not easily knocked off your pathway.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a, and, and your purpose, here's a, here's a question. Before we move on to, to to tip number two, is your purpose external? I mean, is it about uh, something greater than yourself?
2: Well, yes. So, obviously, um, when I say obviously, my, my purpose is very simple. Um, I summed it up by saying, you know, my purpose in life is to live an extraordinary life and to help other people to do the same. So if you go back to Abraham Maslow, what did he say the highest need was? A lot of people think the highest need was you know, self-actualization, but it wasn't. It was actually transcendence. And transcendence is the heart of servants, you know, servant leadership. So my highest calling then is to be the best version of myself and show other people what's possible. You know, if, if I can make it, anybody can make it. And it's um, so yeah, it is it, it is of service, it is transcendent in nature. And even, you know, when Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonna's came along and you know took took Maslow's work and then turned it into the six human needs, the highest need there was growth and contribution. All right. So yeah, but again, does it have to be contributing to the entire world? No. Can it be contributing to your family? Yes. And that's as far as you need to go. And I think people fall into the trap of wanting to save the entire planet because, you know, um, Instagram tells you that you're a hero. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and,
1: okay. and, of course, the other problem is, well, you know, I don't want to hold, up, hold us up too much, but the other problem is that people dwell on I'm not good enough. I'm not saving the planet. Um, yeah. Well, let's Let's move on.
2: Yeah. Uh, Just before we move on, the purpose has got to be guided by values, right? So you have to be guided by your values and your values need to be rank ordered. If your values are not rank ordered, there's chaos. When your values are rank ordered, the highest value always calls. You know the story about Disney, the highest value is safety for a reason, right? So it's not customer centricity. It's not fun. It's not the happiest place on earth. If people are hanging off Magic Mountain, it's not so cool. So a a purpose that that is guided by values. Number one tip.
0: Okay, so that leads perfectly and segues on to number two. What is your second of your five tips for resilience?
2: So the second is a pathway, right? So we've got the five Ps here. So purpose and then a pathway. Now you'll hear people uh, saying, you got to 10X your life. I'm doing the deep voice for you. you got to 10X your life and 10X this and 10X your finances and 10X your health. And you know you got all these 10Xs going around, but no one ever talks about the other nine Xs. And what I mean by that is, you know, when, when I wrote Live on Purpose Mastery Class, the book um, that I was fortunate to have Ken Blanchard himself uh, endorse, um, I looked at it and thought, well, there are three major spheres in your life. There's the personal sphere, the professional sphere, and in a spiritual sphere. So, personal is about your mental, emotional, and physical development. Professional is about uh, your 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 job or your your you know your occupation, uh, your career, and finances. And then spiritual wasn't religion. Spiritual, spiritual to me was about how do you connect, relate, and contribute to other people. Now, the challenge is when you look at goal setting, traditional goal setting, which is the pathway to take you from where you are to where you need to be. When you look at it, some people think you've got to set goals in every single area. You don't. In fact, I encourage people to do a life audit and have a look, where where are you? Where are you out of 10 for, for mental development? And where are you to 10 for emotional? Where are you out of 10 for physical? And then decide, well, where do you want to be? And then based on that audit, go and set goals. But unfortunately, uh, that you know, the goal setting world has been tainted slightly by, oh, you have to set goals in every single area. No, you don't. You know, no, you don't. So, you know, some people say there's eight steps. Others say there's nine. Then there's ten. I mean, we've tried to confuse the heck out of people with, you know, how many goals you should be setting. To me, it's simple. Where are you? Where do you need to be? What's preventing you from getting there? At least just set goals where it matters. Now, one more thing. Some people think we have to expand on a goal. So, for example. Normally, it's around money. So people will say, okay, I'm like a 3 out of 10 for money and I want to be a 7 out of 10. All right, cool. What are you going to do to make that uh, that that 4 or 5 up? What are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to work harder. No, you're not. So the quality of the of the, uh, the audit then shows you how big the step is or how big the, you know, the, the, the goal is going to have to be for you. Some people want to reduce, right? I've spoke, I've worked with executives who are 10 out of, you know, 10 out of 10 for career, 10 out of 10 for money, and are having broken relationships. They just want to, you know, you know, calm down slightly. So goals don't have to be expansive. Sometimes you can be, you know, um, reductive. Right. So, so the second pathway for me is, or my second p- point is uh, have a pathway from outcomes to, to actions, but do it specifically for your life. I mean, my moniker is live your life by your rules for your reasons. Right. And thrive in the face of massive global uncertainty. Don't listen. to What everybody else says is important. Do not listen to pop culture. Right. You decide. You decide what's important because that leads to autonomy. And we know from Edward DC and Richard Ryan from Rochester University that autonomy is very important to us when it comes to intrinsic motivation. So my second tip is have a clearly defined pathway from outcome right down to action point. Um and you don't take yourself too seriously and have 27 goals because you're never going to ever going to do 27 Uh, goals. If you can get three, five, max, go for it.
1: Keep it simple. Um keep it simple. Okay, so then let's move on. Tip number three uh, for resilience.
2: Okay, so tip number three are basically the principles. Uh, principles... You know what a principle is. So it's a, it's a truth. It's a simple truth. And it's something that uh, it's a law of nature. Now, when you don't know specifically why you do what you do, then you're always going to be at the beck and call of whatever's coming your way. When your internal world is changed by your external world, then you better hope you're in an environment where you know your external world doesn't change you too much. So when you understand what drives you, what drives your behavior, what drives uh, the way you think, what drives um, your self-image, what drives your belief in yourself. When when you understand these things, then you kind of see the code in the matrix. Then you understand why you feel the way you feel, why you believe the things you believe. When you realize that, for example, success and failure are both imposters and you start to unpack it and really apply your mind to it, who was it that said the unexamined life is not worth living? I think it was Socrates or somebody, right? Um, And when you can start examining your life and you realize that there are a lot of things that happen to you that are perfectly explainable, right? Martin Seligman spoke about, you know, your explanatory style, you know, understanding your explanatory style when things happen to you. How do you, how do you rationalize it? How do you work out like what it means to you? So my third tip is understand the principles. And for me, my number one assessment, um, I love DISC. I know you love DISC, but my number one assessment has got to be the emotional intelligence assessment. Uh, specifically, the one that, that I'm qualified in is Roche Martin. Um, an amazing, amazing assessment. In fact, I do not do a coaching session or a leadership development program where, if I can, without doing the emotional intelligence assessment, that will tell you why you do what you do.
1: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, very valuable.
2: Okay, so
0: so going on from that, so we run the fourth P now, which, as you said, there five Ps on the five tips for resilience. Hit us with that one.
2: Okay, so the fourth one is the people that are around you, and. A lot of people I find try and go it alone. You know, there's an old saying about um, standing on the shoulders of giants. Pe- success leaves clues, and so does failure. And there are people that have done what you want uh, to the degree that you've wanted, and probably higher than you've wanted. They've, they've done it before you. So don't go it alone. There's no point. We are we are social beings. right? We are made to be social. We are made to connect with each other. We're made to, um, you know, to build communities. To, uh, you know, to forge tribes, as it were. So that's that's how we made So don't go it alone. But you've got to be careful who you look up to and why you look up to those people. So when it comes to the people in your life, I like to look at it in three ways. So number one is, who's your role model? And when you can tell me who your role model is, I can tell you something about you. I'll tell you what your values are. I'll tell you what, um, well, I'll, I'll offer up what what I think your values are. But I've been doing this long enough. Uh, I can kind of do it <laughs> these days. But um yeah. So who are your role models and why are they your role models? What is it about them that you admire? What is it about them that you look up to? What is it about them that you want to emulate, right? Um, and it's very important because, you know, coming down to if they can do it, you can do it. And sure, they have a different path. They've got a different context. They've got a different reality. But the fact of the matter is it's possible, right? It's possible. Probable, who knows, but possible, definitely. So i like to know who are your role models. The next one is who are your coaches and mentors? There were no, you know, I had somebody say to me, oh, I don't believe in coaching. All right. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, so who, who's your, you know, who's your your sporting team, which they named? I said, funny you should mention that team. Did you know that they've um, got this new strategy for next season? They're not going to have any coaches and they're not going to have any, um, any drills, any training, nothing. They're just going to show up on Saturday and play. How do you think they're going to do? He says, <laughs> they're going to get slaughtered. I said, why? He says, well, because no one's coaching them. And I said, so yeah. Wow. Uh, about Hello. that. <laughs> okay. You know, about that. Um, I think the problem is every person who's read a book and has become a coach last week um, is kind of messing up the industry a little bit. And, you know, even to the point where people who are coaches don't even want to say they're a coach, you know, you'd rather say that you have a brother-in-law in England than, than you're a coach. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the people around you, so it's about role models. It's about coaches and mentors and, you don't have to have one. You can have several, and it could be for different things in your life, right? Using Blanchard's situational leadership model, for example. I know when I don't know how to do something, I go to somebody who does know and say, "How do I do that?" I also, know I like to learn, you know, myself. So, um, you know, there's a there's a process. The third one is an accountability partner, and so you've got your your role models, you've got your coaches and mentors, and then you've got your accountability partner—just someone who's going to hold you, you know, hold your feet to the fire, as it were, and say. Um, how did it go with that? You you know how it goes. You, you tell them, oh, I've set this goal, I'm going to do X, and they will come and ask you, how are you doing with that goal of losing 10 kilos? So, you-
1: so Hank, can I interrupt you? Is that like when, of course you can. when your buddy in Perth says to you, Lindsay, we need to organise a podcast? I go, yeah, that's a good idea. And then he comes back two weeks later and says, we really need to do that podcast. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a week later he says, come on, podcast. I went, all right, let's do it.
2: Right. And, and 180
1: yes. episodes later.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so you seem to have worked out your your rhythm, the two of you. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you got to have an accountability partner. Um, I have somebody I speak to almost daily, uh, just to say, hey, this is what's happening. You know, I share the ups and the downs. Um, you know, because uh, otherwise, all you do is carry everything on your shoulder, and you know, eventually, the pressure gets too much. When you're an entrepreneur, you must remember when you phone somebody, you're an interruption to their day. Right? If somebody's getting a salary, they get paid to do nothing. Right. Although they may do something. Uh, but the point is when you're an entrepreneur, um, you got to hustle. So there are times when I go, oh man, I just got smashed today. And I have somebody that I can just phone and chat to and say, what do you think? And you know, sometimes they they just see it slightly different to you. And you know, just it helps you reframe. Reframing is king. If you can learn to reframe, world is your oyster.
1: So I really think it is about the people that you hang about with. I mean, I love your concept of, you know, a coach, a mentor, an accountability buddy. But um, you know, I always say surround yourself with the people that
2: you that you aspire to be like. Don't be the smartest guy in the room. If you are, leave. Yeah. 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 You want to learn. You want to learn. And you want to be humble. Um, I've been like I'll take situational leadership for example. I've been training that program since two thousand and seven. I still learn things about it. Somebody will ask me. You know, how does this work? How does that work? I'm so, you know, no one's ever asked me that before. And, and I love it. You know, but you got to be open, you got to have a growth mindset. You know, I, uh, George Buck said that all models are, are wrong, but some are useful, right? And, and I think that's my attitude when I go into my coaching and, you know, I don't arrive with the, I hope your problem fits into my solution, um, yeah. but ra- ra- rather go, hey, l- let's let's understand your <laughs> map of the world. Let's figure out where you are and then let's see which piece of a model might work with you. Um, and you want to be someone else's accountability partner. So not only should you have one but you want to be one for other people i think that's an important point about um rail if we come back to to your question about uh you know contribution and your purpose being something higher uh, than yourself if you're getting mentored at a level then surely you can mentor people below you at a level um i believe in that strongly i actually wrote a book for kids called yes i can a teenage resilience guide and um used to go into uh rail you know Johannesburg into uh, Deep Slurts and Quinnipalapu and, you know, go teach kids. So not only should you have one, but you should be one as well. Each one, teach one.
1: Okay. So speaking of pieces then, um, let's let's join the fifth piece uh, into your resilience model here. What's tip number five?
2: Number five is a promise to yourself. And I do that in the shape of a, of a credo, right? It's in the form of a credo. And credo is a Latin word for promise. So it's a promise to yourself. And in the, in the seminars that I run or in the coaching, I I get people to write out a statement and sometimes it's interesting. You'll say, okay, describe yourself in one word. And then you listen to what people say. Very few people say rich. Very few people say lucky. Very, you know, they come up with the, they come up with the, uh, you know, the values, like I'm honesty, you know, honesty, integrity, the, the stuff that you hear all the time. It's so interesting to say, I am, I am what, what are you? And they the puzzle, you know, this is interesting. Like, what do you mean I am? Well, I am what? Um, I did this with my daughter and I said, I am? She goes, I'm awesome. I said, okay. I said, who do you love? She goes, I love myself as I am. I was Ooh. like, whoa, okay. All right. But you must remember she's been listening to podcasts in our cast since she was a child. She, that girl can do NLP at levels that are just scary. Um, I can do anything. And the next one is I will. Uh, I choose. I have. And then we finish it off by saying the future I see. And I get people to just really think about it. So, so, I am what? I am wonderfully made. I'm awesome, right? Okay, great. You need to know that. You see, here's what the problem is: um, the the strongest force in human psyche is the need to stay consistent with the image that you have of yourself. Right? It's called homeostasis. Now, um, you might remember um, you might remember psycho cybernetics. If you ever read that book, he speaks about. Dr. Maxwell Maltz, right. So, I mean, his story was he was a, he was a surgeon and he would, he would work on people who would still think they were ugly even after the surgery. And then he spoke about the psychosybernetic mechanism. So it's kind of like a trip switch. The moment you get out of your comfort zone, it'll bring you back. The mm. moment you, you know, you, it, whether you, from a successful point of view or from a failure point of view, you have a bottom level that once you hit that level, you kick in and you start doing more. And then you have a top level. Once you hit that, you stop, you know, you, you start calming down. So people's, um, people's, Overriding, as it were, um, driver is to remain consistent with their image. Now I get them, I get them to make these statements and then put it in a poster jump onto canva create a little poster put it on your phone and look at it every day because you're imprinting i am awesome right i can do anything um, i will achieve everything i set my mind to and you keep saying it keep saying it keep saying it and i don't i don't want to say fake it till you make it but you keep saying it until your brain accepts what you're talking about so that's why we finish off with the credo which is a promise and as i said right at the beginning just to circle right back you don't have to be the best in the world but you do have to be the best in your world so make a promised yourself to do that.
0: That was fantastic, Hank, and perfectly on time. I didn't even need Lindsay to tell us so we're going to run out of time on this episode. Not hey, bad if, Radio. People, <laughs> if people want to get hold of you, connect with you, tap into your vast resources in leadership and, and resilience, how is mm-hmm. the best way to get what is the best way to get hold of you?
2: Straight up, man. I'll, a couple of ways. I'm, I'm not one of those people who's afraid to give up my mobile phone number. So I actually give it to you because I don't mind talking to people. Um, so my email address is Hank Hank at hankvdm.com. So Hank VDM dot com. So H A N K at Hank V D m.com that's my email address obviously the website is um www.hankvdm.com um yeah my mobile number i'll give it to you is 421 725 what's me i'll take uh, i'll take your call if i can but i like to be accessible
1: and of course for our international listeners that there's a plus six one in front of that and drop the zero. But anyway, we'll put that in the show notes. You'll be able to catch this man. And Thanks and so just much. listen to the energy that's, that's coming, uh, you know, through your speakers. This guy, I'm watching him, you know, we're, we're recording this on
2: Zoom so we can see each other. And he's bouncing out of his chair like you wouldn't believe. He's full of <laughs> beans. This is not work. This is such a pleasure to be part of somebody's leadership development journey. And I want to be that guy that somebody says, because of you, I didn't give up.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. That's a great segue to finish. Thank you, um, Hank van der Thank you to my my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.